If you want to open up to Proverbs chapter 7, Proverbs chapter 7 is where we will get started here this morning. We have a wonderful crowd with us today. We have many, many people who are visiting. We really appreciate you coming our way. You all are our honored guest. We hope when you leave here, you will say that it has truly been good to be here. It's always a blessing when God's people can gather together and worship him in spirit and in truth. Proverbs chapter 7. Solomon, the son of David, looked out through the lattice of his house and he saw. He saw among the simple and he perceived among the youth this young man who was lacking sense. He saw a young man who was wandering near the street of her house. He saw a young man who was passing near her corner. He saw this young man as he looked through the lattice tiptoeing near the gates of deep darkness and death. And all of a sudden, behold, verse 10 states, behold, the woman meets him dressed as a prostitute, wily of heart. She is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. Now in the street, now in the market, and at every corner she lies in wait. She seizes him and kisses him, and with bold face she says to him, I had to offer sacrifices, and today I have paid my vows. So now I have come out to meet you. I have come to meet you. I want you. You are special. You are important. I want you to seek you eagerly, and I have found you. Yes, yes, she certainly found him. She found him, and it was her intent to destroy him. She found him, and it was her desire to ruin him. She found him, and she intended to take him and bring him down to the chambers of death. And so with her smooth speech, she compels him. With her charm, she allures him, and he follows her. He follows her into her home, and all of a sudden, Suddenly, as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a stag is caught fast, an arrow pierces his liver. And he had no idea, he had absolutely no idea that this woman, this immoral, godless, faithless, adulterous woman would take away his life. And so Solomon would say to us in verse 24, And now, O sons, listen to me, and be attentive to the words of my mouth. Let not your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths, for many a victim she has laid low. Many a victim. There are numerous victims. You are not special. You are not important. You are not invincible. Many a victim she has laid low and all her slain. Every last one of them, all are a mighty throng. Her house is the way to Sheol, going down to the chambers of death. This young man who was lacking sense lost his life 
because he lost his mind. Brethren, treasure these commands. Set them as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your finger. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister. Say to insight, you are my dear friend. Do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes to stay on the straight and narrow. Do whatever it takes because this godless, immoral, adulterous woman will take you straight to hell. There's a whole lot that we can say about this passage this morning. But today, as we consider Proverbs chapter 7, I want to ask you one simple question. And before I ask that question, I want to say at the outset, the question that we will consider today and the topic that we will discuss is a sensitive subject. And I am very aware that there are young ears here this morning, and I'm going to be sensitive and respectful to those young ears. But I am a gospel preacher, and I have been called to preach the whole counsel of God. And the subject that we're going to discuss today is the counsel of God. It is a necessary and important topic that we as children of God must consider on this side of heaven. And so I'm going to ask you a question. That question is, what was she wearing? What was this immoral, godless, forbidden woman wearing that caused this young man to lose his life? The text tells us in Proverbs chapter 7 and verse number 10 that she was dressed as a prostitute. Some translations say she was dressed as a harlot. This forbidden woman here in Proverbs chapter 7 was dressed in a way that was apparent to all that she was a forbidden immoral, sexually promiscuous person. She was dressed as a harlot. And so the question we ask ourselves this morning is, what did that look like? How did the immoral woman dress? Proverbs chapter 7 doesn't give us much detail, and so we're going to have to go elsewhere. We're going to have to look at Genesis chapter 38. If you remember in Genesis chapter 38, Judah, one of the 12 sons of Jacob, has a son who dies childless. And so Judah's widowed daughter-in-law, in a desperate attempt to have children, disguises herself. The text tells us in Genesis chapter 38 and verse number 14 that Tamar, Judah's daughter-in-law, took off her widow's garment and she covered herself with a veil, wrapping herself up, and sat at the entrance of Enam. She took her widow's garment off, and she covered herself with a veil. And when her father-in-law saw her, the passage says in verse 15, when Judah saw her, he thought that she was a prostitute, for she had covered her face. And so we're asking ourselves, what did that immoral woman have on in Proverbs chapter 7 that caused that young man to lose his life? Here in Genesis chapter 38, we see the immoral woman would often wear a veil that covered her face. 
But not only that, not only with the immoral woman wear a veil that would cover her face, but she would wear colorful shrine. In Ezekiel chapter 16, in Ezekiel chapter 16, the Lord is likening the faithless nation of Israel to a faithless woman. And he says in verse number 15 of the text, describing the faithless nation of Israel, You have trusted in your beauty and you have played the harlot because of your renown and lavished your immorality on any passerby. Your beauty became his. Verse 16, you took some of your garments and made for yourselves colorful shrines and on them you played the harlot like has never been nor will ever be. We're asking ourselves, what did that immoral woman have on in Proverbs chapter 7 that caused that young man to sin? We saw in Genesis chapter 38 that she had a veil that covered her face. Here in Ezekiel chapter 16, as the Lord is likening the faithless nation of Israel to an unfaithful woman, he describes them as wearing colorful shrines. Perhaps that faithless woman in Proverbs chapter 7 had on a colorful shrine. But not only that, as we look through Scripture and as we see how the Lord describes the immoral, the immodest woman, we see that she would often wear a ring and jewelry. In Hosea chapter 2, in Hosea chapter 2, as the Lord is again describing the faithless nation of Israel to an unfaithful woman, He says about the nation in verse number 13, Hosea chapter 2 and verse 13, I will punish her. For the feast days of the Baals, when she burned offerings to them and adorned herself with a ring and jewelry and went after her lovers and forgot me, declares the Lord. Again, we're asking ourselves the question, what was she wearing? What was that woman wearing in Proverbs chapter 7 that caused that young man to sin? As we look through Scripture, we see the immoral woman would wear a veil. She would wear colorful shrines. And here in Ezekiel chapter 16, we see that she would wear rings and jewelry. But not only that, fourth and finally, the immoral woman would often wear purple, scarlet, gold, jewels, and pearls. In Revelation chapter 17, in Revelation chapter 17, the Lord describes the nation of Babylon as a great harlot. And he says of Babylon in Revelation chapter 17 and verse number 4, the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls, holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her sexual immorality. Do you see it? Do you see it? That unfaithful, ungodly, sexually promiscuous woman who caused that young man to sin was wearing a veil, colorful shrines, a ring and jewelry, and she was arrayed in purple, scarlet, Gold, jewels, and pearls. How fascinating is that? It's extremely fascinating. Because this woman in Proverbs chapter 7 
And the unfaithful woman, the ungodly woman, the adulterous woman, the immodest woman that is described in Scripture was not rebuked because of what she did not have on. She was rebuked for what she had on. The problem was not her lack of clothing, but it was her excessive clothing. Someone may be saying, Tim, are you... Are you saying that it's okay uh, to to, to wear uh, things that are are revealing? Are you saying that it's wrong to wear nice? No, that's not what I'm saying. Before you throw stones, listen to me. I am not saying that it is okay to wear clothes that are revealing. And I am not saying that it is wrong to wear nice things. But what I am saying is, If we dress in a way that draws unnecessary attention to ourselves, robbing God of His glory, His power, and His honor, and causing other people to sin, we are wrong. What we wear must glorify God. If we put something on that fails to glorify God, we are in sin. If we put something on that brings unnecessary attention to ourselves, strips God of his glory, and causes someone else to sin, we are no better than that faithless, godless, sexually promiscuous, immoral woman that we see all throughout Scripture. Sadly, we're living in a world full of people who are wrong. We're living in a world full of people who dress in a way that fails to glorify God, both men and women. We see it every single day. We see it on the television. We see it at school. We see it at work. We see it in our homes. We see it in the grocery store. We see it in the mall. We can't go anywhere without being totally bombarded and attacked by all of this godlessness. And so the question that we must consider as children of God is, how can I be a solution to the problem? How can I be the change that I wish to see in the world? How must I dress to profess godliness? Thankfully, the Apostle Paul gives us solution. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, the Apostle Paul is writing to the young evangelist Timothy who is ministering. He's preaching the gospel in a very wealthy, prosperous nation, a wealthy, prosperous city, rather, of Ephesus. And Paul tells Timothy to instruct the church, verse 9, likewise also, Women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. Paul described that woman that we looked at in the Old Testament Scripture. He described that woman in Proverbs chapter 7. Not with costly attire, uh, not with braided hair, not with all of this jewelry. Tim, Tim, are you saying that we can't wear those things? Are you saying that we can't have nice clothes? Is that what Paul is saying? No. 
That's not what I am saying. That's not what Paul is saying. We have so many examples in Scripture of godly people wearing nice things. In in, um, Proverbs chapter 31, as King Lemuel's mother is describing the virtuous woman, she says this woman fears the Lord, but her entire household is clothed in scarlet, and that woman herself wears fine linen and purple. She was a godly woman who had and who wore nice things. She wore nice things, and her whole household wore nice things. It is not wrong to wear nice things. Dorcas, in Acts chapter 9, was called a woman who was full of good works and acts of charity. But when Dorcas passed away, there's an entire household full of widows who are weeping, showing the Apostle Peter all of the wonderful, beautiful garments and tunics that Dorcas had made. Again, a faithful woman of God who wore, who made, and who had nice things. Lydia in Acts chapter 16, was described as a worshiper of God. She opened up her heart to hear the word of the Lord. She was a faithful woman of God, but she was a seller of purple. She sold nice things. She sold the Ralph Lauren. She sold the Lacoste. She sold the the J. She had all of the nice things. The point that I'm trying to make is it is not wrong for us to have and to wear nice things. And that is not what the Apostle Paul is saying in 1 Timothy chapter 2. What Paul is saying to these Christians is, if you dress in a way that brings excessive attention, unnecessary attention to yourself, while stripping God of his glory and causing other people to sin, then you are dead wrong. You are in sin. And so again, we're asking ourselves, how? How do we as children of God dress in a way that glorifies him? How do we dress in a way that professes godliness? Two points very quickly, and the lesson is yours. If we want to dress in a way that professes godliness, then we're going to clothe ourselves with strength and with dignity. It starts in the heart. In Proverbs chapter 31, King Lemuel's mother said that that virtuous woman clothed herself with strength. She says it in verse 17, and then in verse number 25, she says that this woman clothes herself with strength and with dignity. Some translations say she girds herself with strength. She gets herself ready for whatever life may throw her way. She is a strong woman. She is a stable woman. She is firm in the word of God. She has a good foundation. She is faithful. She is unwavering. She will not back down. She will not be intimidated. She will not quit. She is strong. And her strength, her courage, and her faithfulness has given her a very good reputation. Her strength, her courage, and her faithfulness has made her an honorable woman. It has made her a dignified woman. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband praises her. Because of her life, her example, and her faith, her husband is known in the gates as he sits among the elders. Because of her character, because she cares about her friends, because she cares about her community, and because she cares about her family and ultimately honors her God, So many people 
praise her and give her honor, and they respect her because of her, str- because of her strength and because of her dignity. And this woman of God laughs. She laughs at the future, the text says in verse 25. And her laughter is not an arrogant type of laughter. Her laughter is an expression of her faith because she realizes that godliness in this life is not only profitable for this life, but she realizes that godliness is profitable in the life to come. She is prepared. She is ready. She is a woman of strength. She is a woman of faith. She has clothed herself with strength and with dignity. When we clothe ourselves with strength and dignity, when we are firm in the word of God, when we are unwavering, when we stand up for truth, when we know God's word, when the winds and the waves of life come, we will be steadfast and secure because our faith has been founded on Christ the solid rock. This is the attitude and this is the mindset that we must have. We must be men and women like that virtuous woman in Proverbs 31 who clothe ourselves with strength. And when we do that, here's my point. I know I've said a lot, but here's my point. When we do that, when we clothe ourselves with strength, how could we not wear anything short of glorifying and honoring God? When this is our attitude and when this is our mindset, we will naturally dress in a way that brings honor and glory to God. If we want to dress in a way that professes godliness, like that virtuous woman in Proverbs chapter 31, we're going to clothe ourselves. We're going to clothe our hearts. We're going to clothe our minds with strength and with dignity, and everything else will fall into place. But not only that, second and finally, we're going to clothe ourselves with meekness and humility. If we want to dress in a way that professes godliness, we're going to clothe our hearts and we're going to clothe our minds with meekness and with humility. In 1 Peter chapter 3, in 1 Peter chapter 3, the apostle Peter is writing to these Christians, likening the relationship that Christ has with his church to the relationships that husbands have toward their wives. And in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 3, he addresses the wives and he says, Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing that you wear. He is describing that woman that we saw in Proverbs chapter 7. He's describing the same woman that the Apostle Paul was describing in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Do not let your adorning be external, but, verse 4, let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle, some translations say meek and quiet spirit, which is in God's sight very precious. It starts with the heart. That's the point. That's what we see all throughout Scripture. 
If we want to dress in a way that professes godliness, we're going to start with our hearts. We're going to clothe ourselves with meekness and with humility. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 29, Jesus describes himself as being meek and lowly in heart. And in Matthew chapter 21 and verse 5, Jesus, a week before he would be crucified on the cross, rides into the city of Jerusalem, humble and meek, mounted on the foal of a donkey. This This is how we must behave. This is how our minds must think. This is how we must live with meekness and humility. Clothe ourselves in this way. Peter goes on to describe Sarah. He says in verse number four, this is how the whole, excuse me, verse five, first Peter chapter three, verse five, for this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham calling him Lord. That's what meekness is. Abraham's wife Sarah called him Lord. That was a sign of respect. She respected her husband. She submitted to her husband. She revered her husband. When Abraham said, we're going to move to this far country and live in tents, Sarah, without hesitation, without controversy, and without drama, got up, moved to that far country, and dwelt in a tent because she was a meek and she was a quiet woman. Again, this is how all of us must respond to God. When God says run, we say how far. When God says jump, we say how high. When God says slow down, we stop. We must obey God, submit to Him, obey Him, do His will. None of self, all of thee. I must decrease, He must increase. We're going to give all of our life to Him. We're going to lay our pride, our arrogance, and our self-righteousness down at the cross. And we're going to live for Him with meekness and humility, because He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. It is He who dwells in unapproachable light whom no man has seen or can see. And when I think about that, when I think about the Lord of all creation sitting high and lofty on His glorious throne, receiving praise and honor from every single thing that He has made, I tremble. I tremble, I fall down, I sit down, I shut up, and I am silent. I am meek, and I am humble. That's the attitude, and that's the mindset that all of us must live with. And here's my point, here's my point. When we live our lives in that way, how could we not? How could we not? Physically, dress in a way that brings glory and honor to God. This morning, I have not and I will never stand up here with a measuring line and tell you what to wear. Because that's not not what God did. But God has given us principles to follow. And when we follow those principles, those godly principles naturally, we're going to dress in a way that brings him glory and honor. 
If you're here this morning, you're not a Christian, this is the perfect opportunity to become one. You do that by hearing the word of God, believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, repenting and turning away from your sins, confessing the name of Jesus, and having your sins completely washed away in baptism. If you've done that before, if you've made mistakes and you would like to make things right this morning, or if you have any other spiritual need that we can help you with, please come to the front while we stand and sing the song of